Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In progress. Yeah, excuse that madness. Right. I, d- I don't think you have to draw attention to it. Well, every I do time. have to draw no, attention because no, every no, time no. it happens, I get disgruntled. Goodness, there's a couple of trigger <laughs> words I can think of. Mm. Um, Joe, thank you for joining us. This is my celebrity ambassador, a coach from WW, Joe Wright. Meet Jojo Sutherland. Hello. Oh, yeah, it's nice to meet you. A fellow Joe. A the fellow, fellow Joe. Yes, there's lots of us and we're all fabulous. Yes, yes. indeed. <laughs> Some more fabulous than others. Now, I need to ask Joe very quickly how she's managing to cope with you. She seems to be doing fine. Mm. I have to say, it is quite, it's eight o'clock every Monday morning. Mm. It is a way to start the week. Wow. I you. But I think because it is first thing on a Monday morning, we're both a bit like trying to cope with being awake. Yeah. So I think we're both quite like, let's just do this and we're calm and we get on, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, absolutely. I think we got on very well. And then because you now won't be suffering the excesses of a boozy weekend because you are on this new journey then the Monday morning is, is well, positive. I, I never suffered from, that. we've discussed this before, Joe. I mean, I've, I've never yeah. suffered from hangovers in my I know, life. That's for amateurs. And um, <laughs> the, the whole thing about WW is that because you are just, you're kind of keeping yourself right, that, yeah, you're still going to drink and all that kind of stuff. I so. do like the fact that yeah. WW do not restrict your intake. It's just, they the, well. don't endorse you drinking litres of wine from Costco. Mm-hmm. But I <laughs> no think, one does, to I think fair. what they are saying is, <laughs> if you like a wine, that's not the end of the world. Because mm. um, that, that's one thing. I mean, the reason that this all came about was through Lorraine Kelly. Lorraine's been quite open about the fact she likes yeah. the wine as well. Yeah. You know, we're both red wine gals and it's it's just about knowing when to put down that ninth bottle. Well, I did tell her when I saw her the other day about your new find, your apparel spritz. Oh. It kind of saved you this last couple of weeks, isn't it? Yes, yes, because normally I would have been, well, double gins is fine. I'm so, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a, a radical um, statement and I'm over fever tree uh, oh. tonic. Yeah, I am. And I'll tell you oh. for why, because you have to point it. Whereas if you do a Schweppes slim line, mm-hmm. you don't have to point it. Whereas with fever tree, because they don't do diet, there's a couple of points yeah. in it and I'm, oh. I'm, I'm done. 
I've done. It. I mean, I'm glad they're helping malaria, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I'm not throwing out the stuff that I've still got in the house. Well, they work in partnership with malaria charities, um, which I think is a good thing. But no, when I realised, I was like, mm, three points, a double gins, four points, seven points. I could have that for four. Yeah. So basically, I can have two double gins <laughs> for the price of one. With it. And that's the thing as well. The point thing just teaches you to barter with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like a currency, isn't it? Yes. Like I, can, I, can have, I can have the gin, but actually, yeah. if I do go for this option of, of the sweats, then, you know. I can have more of the gin. I can have more of the gin. But before, you wouldn't have even thought of that, would you? No, because you would have just had all the gin, all the fever tree, all the cheese, all the wine, <laughs> um, yeah. and then the pizza. But I think it is that sort of ingrained thought process. I certainly still have it, that any kind of losing weight um, you know, diet or anything. You have to starve yourself. You have to starve yeah. yourself and you have to, you know, you have to go without and live without the things that you like. And I think that's where people always fall down because they're not like mm-hmm. the lovely things. And so when you've been talking about WW, it is that thing of going, oh, you haven't been, a- you're just minimising how much. It's not that you've had to cut out anything. Really. There is no real difference as far as I can see. So I follow a few personal trainers online and they're really fond of either um, food diaries, calorie tracking, my fitness pal this is points but it's all the same thing that the reason you got bigger was because you weren't paying attention so by ever whatever means you're bringing yourself back down Mm. then do what works for you and it's interesting because I was speaking to Susie because Joe inherited me through Susie and we were speaking about there's there's another really really big diet company and and Susie diets the wrong word but you know eating plan or whatever and she said I really don't like the other person the other company's lexicon Mm -hmm. because whereas you have points here you have sins on this why would any well yeah exactly guess you don't sue but why would anything be a sin you know why what's this good foods bad foods naughty or you know I'm being good or I'm being not it's like ridiculous what what the reason that you ended up a heffalump was because you took your eye <laughs> off the, you know, you took your eye that's, off the road. That's mm-hmm. a big focus as a WW coach is trying to get members to understand that there is, there's no good or bad food. Food is food. Yeah. We, we don't label food, but it's how much of a certain food you have, what food you pair with other foods, mm-hmm. what's your nutrition like. You can go and have fun. You can enjoy the foods that you love, but just not every single day. It's, it's kind of like, and like you said, it's like you're bartering yourself. Well, if I'm going out Saturday, then on Sunday, I'm going to get back on track and I'm going to have things from a zero point list. So it's a way that you can take control mm-hmm. of your eating. And, uh, and, the, and the guilt's all taken away. There's no good or bad food. I think it's interesting because I've not seen you in person for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, I've always said to Bruce and everybody has their own personal sort of feeling of if they're too large or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I know that Bruce felt that he he was too large, but I've never viewed him like that because, you know, I just don't see him in that way. However, when you got into the car today, I was like, oh, I really can see a difference. Mm -hmm. And particularly in your face. And you You know, the face, definitely. When we even when we got on Zoom on Monday, Yesterday, mm. I was like, you could just suddenly, it was just, you could really see the difference. Mm-hmm. You could see that I had one. 
you can see this difference in you but even you said oh you you brought it up first and went oh look look, I look different Mm -hmm. in in the video call but the funny thing is because this has been videoed in the light in here I'm sure I've done something wrong in a previous three lives it does look like it is the death of light for you I I, I really feel as though I'm like kind of Bible John who was a serial killer here in the east end of Glasgow (laughs) and I'm being interviewed by Brenda Bleffin for whatever that Vera thing was but I I just couldn't in the beginning I couldn't look at my I'm struggling just now just because yeah. it's so badly lit I've got it down in my spare room but I couldn't you know I, I I felt I was always just kind of talking to you if you see what I mean I couldn't look at myself yeah. and and you find that kind of difficult but not difficult but you 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 were quite open about the fact that you were pained by the fact that I just couldn't look at myself. Mm. I know, um, you know, I was quite shocked because there's this larger than life character, let's put it out there, with loads of personality and it's like, boom, you've just hit the video call and then you, we take it right back and I say, what's your why? Why are you here? And you said, right now, I can't even look at myself. Mm-hmm. And and that is an extremely powerful thing to hear from somebody like you. And you said, I felt like this for a long time and I'm just trying to, I just want it to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just a very powerful thing. Yeah, because I suppose I realised over various things that I was kind of in lockdown and all that kind of stuff, just hidden away and didn't want to be seen and all that kind of, and they would moan, the, the pair of them would moan because I wouldn't get photos taken, largely because I always knew they would come out and I would look ridiculous. Like, I'm going to send you those, they're not nudes, by the way, but it is me and Aberdeen. <laughs> oh God, could you imagine? But no, the, I mean, there's a series of four where I'm in my pants in Aberdeen in a good hotel, I might add, mm. uh, not just wandering around butt naked in the street looking for steps. But um, I, I look as though I'm wearing a fat suit. It's disgusting, mm-hmm. like really. But it's interesting as well, isn't it? Because, you know, you are larger than life and you are such great personality and you're such good fun. I think a lot of people would be very surprised to hear Mm. that you struggle or feel vulnerable when you are of a certain weight because people just assume oh he's you know he's happy he's fine and you know and so by default other people think you know I think it's really brave of you to admit that it makes you feel bad about yourself. Oh my god but it's over and above bad and I I discussed this with you as well Joe you know you, you felt guilty because cost of living crisis and people not being able to eat easily in some cases and I just seem to be wandering around with my mouth like the open end of a water flume, <laughs> tilted up, waiting for anything to be rammed down my throat. And Enough of your sex life. Well, oh, please. I mean, that, do you know, I would have to say, for those that are worried about horizontal refreshment, I, I never had a drought, fat or thin. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> um, we were discussing that in the car. And thanks, because you know my niece listens to this. Yes. So that's another <laughs> awkward conversation to have. Hi, what did you have? Uh, just like, <laughs> um, but it is that thing that you you know you felt guilty you felt disgusted and I think that's the thing it's the shame mm. you know it's the, yeah. the the absolute shame and the one thing that I didn't mind doing and this is really big of me is going to my work um, because I knew I was in charge of that situation mm. and I knew no one would dare mention it unless I mentioned it and unless yeah. someone was going to be really stupid and then you know they mm. would have seen what gay violence was like um, but it is the fact that I, I didn't have any but I just didn't want to be in guys company in people's company I didn't want to see friends or any of that kind of stuff well, that work thing makes sense to me because you say like that was one thing you'd said to me as well you were quite adamant about the control thing I just want 
difficult to get the control back in my life. So when you think about work, you're in control of that. Mm. So that makes you feel better. But when it comes to outside of work and the way you feel, you didn't feel in control. And that's something that really came across to me. You said, I don't feel in control of anything. And I need, and I needed to bring that control back. Do you feel like you have now with, with how far we've come? A bit, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, still a long way to go. I mean, that that's us going into the fourth stone um, sort of thing. We had a way in, um, well, I'd lost more than, because I didn't take scales with me to London. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you know, that was really liberating as well. Not doing that was a, week a learning curve, wasn't it? That was a bit yeah. of a learning curve. Uh-huh. And then yeah. I thought I'd lost like about three pounds and I'd lost uh-huh. just under a something yeah, like yeah, just, like, just over 12 pounds. It's like, oh, yeah, so because she was like, what number is that? And I'm like, yeah, no, because I ran out the room. I went, oh, hang on a minute. And I do always wear shorts. Don't worry. It's not you're going to see me in my pants or whatever. And I ran and I went back on the sky and I was like, no, 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 no that, that, that's that, yeah. that's right. So no, I, I do feel slightly more um, in control. But it was like when I was filming that pilot thing and they wanted to put me on the end. And I was like, do you have to put me on the end? Because there's people there yeah. and all they're going to see is this wall of flesh mm. um, you know would you mind and they were like oh no we've got to paint you and you're like because oh. that's the thing as well that's why I don't like photos because it's never good enough could you just move could you do this could you do that and it's like could you take your camera and shove mm. it where the sun don't shine because I really don't like you mm. and in the profession you've got that must be a really tricky thing to not like the camera I mean how do you get past that how do you get shout, get away from me. And, uh, <laughs> that kind of, but you've, because you've, you're a gold member, aren't you? Yeah. Not the film, yeah. <laughs> not you. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a <laughs> um, But you've lost four stone and kept yeah. it off. Oh, wow. I was just about to ask that if you were a, yeah. a larger lady before. Mm. I used to be, yes. Yeah. So I, I got to my goal in 2014. I joined in 2013, mm. got to my goal in 2014, and I've managed to stay there or thereabouts ever since just 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 really embraced it and and as a gold member yeah I'm perfect at tracking you know I look at Bruce and he's on it tracking everything you learn how to fit this into your life and you learn how to do the calculations in your head and uh, I still have moments it's like a default setting when life gets stressful Uh fall head first into packet biscuits but I know what to do afterwards now it doesn't turn into a spiral so it's life-changing, it is. And I get the confidence thing because I've been really poorly, which is why I gained weight. I was on lots of different meds. And I used to be with a walking stick or used to be in a wheelchair. I was really poorly. So when I got better and I found my confidence, it just, and I think that's what WW gave back to me. It wasn't the dress size or the size, you know, that I was when I stepped on the scale. It was my confidence. And there is no way I could have done a workshop in front of all those members Four stone heavier. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to my workshop to sit in the back and I was really quiet, believe it or not. And then once I'd got to my goal, I then thought, I want to help other people do this. Mm. This is an amazing feeling. And that's why I became a coach. And had you been round the houses before in terms of other diets and other ways yes. of trying to lose weight oh, and yes. losing weight and putting it back on? <laughs> so what I had yeah, lots of different things. And it was, and so WW was just a completely different approach that was achievable. Do you know what it, what it was? Is that I I tried by myself, mm-hmm. and I and I, I hadn't realised because I do a lot of I'm te- I'm one of those people like I'm a runner. I like running by myself. I'm not one that well. That's where you part ways. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't I'm not. I've never been like that where I join groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I can do this on my own. But I tried milkshakes. I tried juice diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I even like juice. Why would you even put yourself through that? <laughs> and then I tried the calorie counting thing. And the calorie counting thing, what I found is got an app. It was brilliant. But I wasn't honest. Mm-hmm. You, could, you, you could put anything in there. And it, like if it's not working, blame the app. But actually, when you look at what I was eating, I didn't understand the eating side of it because there's nobody telling me. But yeah. that is the thing that you say about being honest because I could zoom in with you and go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm now dangerously underweight. I'm on a drip. Um, I'm actually needing to boost myself up. I had, um, I knew of someone who had tried WW and basically they'd gone over their points so many times that they were basically curb crawling of an evening going around people's doors saying, do you have any extra points I can buy from you? Now, obviously, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the mickey here, but they weren't being honest. And I remember going to a workshop in Edinburgh and I sat up the back because I I was, it wasn't that I was embarrassed or anything like that. I just, because I'm, I don't know if you've got this from me, Joe, I'm quite an overbearing person and can I know, no, no, no. And the thing is, see if I think something that should be going, I'm just like, just let me in. I'll sort it. It's all fine. But no, this is my thing. And I remember, I remember walking in and the guy went, it's all women in there. And I went, I'm gay. I'm fine. And um, then there was two larger ladies because I told you about this and they were affiliated with another company because their sister doled out the snacks at the other company, which I didn't see why you would have snacks at a weigh-in and all this kind of stuff. And this woman had been listening into our conversation who was an absolute bampot. Anyway, we were sitting down and there was a woman there going, oh, I know you, I know you. And I'm like, no, I said, oh, yeah, I get that all the time. She went, from who? I went, my mum. And she didn't get it at all. And I thought, that's fine, that's bamboozled her. But this woman who was an absolute fruit loop, she went, well, do you know what I do? After I've been weighed, I have a big bar of chocolate and nine gins. And a woman went, well, why are you doing that? What's the point of that? And why are you here? And I thought... It's exactly that. Why would you lie to yourself? Yeah, just cheating yourself. You know, if you're trying to change things for the better, why wouldn't you put in what your weight actually was? Because it's exactly that. The only person you're letting down is yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And and I'd grown up. My mum was that we mentioned it earlier with the Sims, and my mum had always done that, and and it become a problem when I was a kid that. She always ate differently to us, so she would always eat things that were different to the family, and that caused, you know, it used to cause friction in the in the family because it's like oh, mum's on the diet again. Here we go. Mm. So I decided I didn't want to do any of that. But actually, then I saw it was actually I saw an advert for WW online, and I thought, you know what, I've never done anything like this. I'm going to go do it. And I didn't expect, I didn't know what I expected, but when I walked in, actually, I was like. Do you know what? All these people, they feel like I do. Mm-hmm. And, and people are talking and that I'm not, I, I'm not on my own anymore. And so I think it was, that was the shock for me is that I thought I did everything by myself and that's how I liked it. But actually being around people and having a coach who would, who then she's, I mean, we're mates now. She's brilliant, Karen. She's my colleague. You know, we get on really well. And she just, it felt like she knew me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a bit like, how did she know that about me? But I think as a coach, that's what happens. You get to know people, you get to pick up the cues. And so that I don't have to bear my soul to her. She can pick up from me what I need. And she did. And it changed my life. So it's like a shared experience, isn't it? Yeah. And sort of that sort of mutual understanding. Um, apart from Bruce, how many yeah. people do you coach on a weekly basis? Oh, God, hundreds now. Oh, really? We were, yeah, we were, we were face-to-face coaches back back before the pandemic. So a workshop was just a workshop where people came and it's, as I, you know, describe my experience. And I used to do nine workshops a week. So it was busy girls. So we were they're brilliant, loved it. But then we had to very quickly go on to Zoom, like literally overnight. Mm-hmm. We got Zoom training. It was brilliant. And, and just took that experience and put it on Zoom in the first lockdown. 
and didn't know how that was going to go. But the members loved it. And I think, again, it was this community of, oh, my gosh, the world's gone mad. We're in a pandemic. but We've got each other. So people that would never use technology will suddenly appear. We had the most hilarious things where members were coming in upside down and turn your camera around, Mary. Come on, get it back up. It's hilarious. And so from there, when we opened the workshop, it was just a weird feeling. People didn't know whether, do I want to go back to a workshop? So WW were like, actually, we're onto something here. This is yeah. So I became a virtual only coach where I was just doing all of my, my Zoom and we became national. So they made them like rather than just being local. So now I do seven, I host seven workshops a week with people from all over the country. Uh-huh. I've got two face-to-face workshops where I'm back out in the field. So mm-hmm. I go and see local members and then I do personal coaching. So I started personal coaching. I've just, uh, just seen a member at to just before I came on here, Debbie, absolutely fabulous. She just lost two stone and she just run the Great North Run. Oh, wow. You know, it's just amazing. So we see hundreds of people a week through Zoom, now face-to-face. I mean, it, the possibilities are endless of people being able to get help. Why do you think it is the case? Because I do get a lot of this. So what are you going to do when you stop doing WW? What are you going to do? What does it really mean? What's the point? What's this, that, and the next thing? Why do you think it's still... The perception, particularly in the United Kingdom, that's like fat fighters, uh, you know, from Little Britain. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi, what have you done this week? Oh, I've eaten some dust. And people think that you're either on shakes or you're on microwave meals. Yeah. And what they don't understand is you get a series of food like, you know, oats, chicken, yogurt, whatever. That's what you, that's your yeah. basics of your plan. And then everything else is stuff that you monitor in terms of, you know, oil, chocolate, whatever. Mm. But why do you think it is still that, that it's a fat club? For some people, why why do you think that they still well, have like that? Alcoholics Anonymous? No, not like Alcoholics Anonymous at all. But <laughs> only a thin person would say that. But no, I just mean in terms of the fact that they have a really old fashioned, like my mum would call it a slimming club. Like she goes, yes, are you still slimming? slimming? Yeah, so, yeah. so what are you yeah. not eating? Not That's that. the first yeah, question. What are you not eating? Yeah. yeah. What are you not see? And I think this is this is goes back from from this whole culture. You think about the seventies, the eighties, even into the nineties. This whole, you know, there were many different videos coming out, you know, videos back in the day, yeah. all leaping around in front of the TV, you can't eat this, there was fat diets, the press got involved. And then with social media, you know, people just have this perception that a diet is a diet. Yeah. And I think the way that WW have evolved, they've had to evolve mm. with technology, with um, nutrition, very, very different to what we were back in the day. And we were a company that used to tell people, you know, way back when you think we've been... We were born in in the 1960s. We're going to be 60 years old next year. So you think back in the 60s, why can't everyone got to eat your liver? You've got to have, you know, imagine telling people now when they rocked up to WW, you've got to eat liver. Mm. Imagine the response we'd get. It would be horrendous. So I think people haven't, people, you know, like haven't evolved that thought process. But we are now behavioural change coaches. So really, is this about food? Here's a big it's about food but actually most of it's about your mindset exactly what you'd said that first day when you said i can't look in the mirror and even look at myself that's not really about food that the, the food is helping you to get through that feeling so it's it's trying to look at this in a very different way so we try to to, to change the you know people's 
their, their lifestyle, their habits. Yeah, it's a lifestyle change, isn't yeah. it? It's behaviour. And I think that's how you manage to carry on. You get, And that's for me, you get to your goal. It doesn't stop. Oh, I'm at my goal now. I can carry on as I did before. Mm-hmm. You have to carry on with the behaviours you've learned. And we, we did a, a workshop a couple of weeks ago, and it was like the quote we opened with was the joy is in the journey, mm-hmm. which might sound cheesy, but actually it's so true. It's like anything. Mm-hmm. The journey is the place where you're learning, and then you, you know, it, it doesn't stop. Whereas if you've got this goal, this end weight, and then that's where it stops, you're not going to be able to carry on beyond that and be successful. And I think all people's, I mean, that'll never change. People always look for a quick fix, don't they? And so yeah. those sort of fad diets like the Atkins diet and the the yeah. 5-2 diet and all these ones that kind of come and go. But I think you're absolutely right, Joe. It's that thing of people go, oh, I do that for a certain amount of time and then I stop and I go back to yeah. normal. But it is about, it's like if somebody becomes vegetarian, they don't become vegetarian for a certain amount of time and, and then start eating meat again. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So it's... Yeah. Change, change. It's a whole different way of thinking, and we are trying to get that message out there. But it's yeah. it's also the same way when people, because like you always say to me, if you ever think that you're going to fall into a, a gato or all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, no, I'll never be that. I'll probably be, you know, a huge thing of Stilton and you know, eighty nine bottles of wine. But mm-hmm. um, the 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 fact of the matter is, if for whatever reason you have overindulged, it's a bit like if you've got a chip in the windscreen, you don't pan in the windscreen. Yeah, yeah. you saw at the chip. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I've kind of learned from yourself is just breathe, reevaluate, and also as well, the police aren't going to come and get you because yeah. you've had a bag of space raiders. That's allowed. <laughs> but, but do you think that is a sort of mental shift? Sometimes that's why people fall off the wagon or whatever is because yeah. they feel if they've they've got, doused themselves in a in a black far, forest gato that oh well that everything's out the window it's and I might as well it? yeah. yeah it's like I me I'm smoking so if I stop smoking and then have a cigarette I could just have one cigarette and go right well you've had a cigarette and keep stop smoking but I'm every time go oh well I've I mess it up now. I'll just carry on. Yeah. But do you know what? That is that is an all or nothing kind of mentality, and I think yeah. most humans have that within us. Mm-hmm. It's this kind of perfectionism, isn't it? I'm either on it and I'm doing it really well, or I'm not doing it at all. Yeah. And it's trying to find a middle ground yeah. that says I don't have to be perfect at this. Mm-hmm. I can make mistakes, but I don't have to be complete rubbish either. There is a middle ground, and I think it's really hard. And even I now, you know, it's it's hard to not because we've all got it within us. So I think society places this pressure on us that we've got to be a certain way mm-hmm. but we don't but do we have to be can we be can we be a bit more chilled and if you if you do have a, a difficult I had a difficult day yesterday I don't know why I was tired so I fell into a toffee crisp and then that led to a club mm-hmm. and I sat at my workshop this morning with all my members and I just come out and just said this is where my day was yesterday yeah. and then this morning it's all about waking up and thinking do you know what well, today's a new day and so I'll do something different. So I've had my lunch and that was fine. And I've tracked it and I pointed it. It's all good. And we just carry on. The world's not going to end because yesterday I had a top of treatment club. Yeah. But, but that's the thing as well. Like going through this, I mean, I could well put on weight next to it. It's not the end of the world. You know, no one is standing, mm-hmm. you know, with a gun to my head going, if you don't yeah. lose however many pounds a week, then, you know, you're wasting the company's time. You're wasting your own time. And I think you have to be a bit more, yeah, forgiving of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. a bag of... You know, a fish supper's your fancy. Go and have the fish supper. Yeah. You, you can't deny yourself. No, I know. It is interesting just that, that analogy with my sort of smoking addiction. Mm. In, in as much as do you see food as an addiction or do you just enjoy it? Because a lot of people do see 
overeating as an addiction in the I've, same way of alcohol or something. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand how I, I've never thought it was an addiction. I just always thought it was weak willed. I didn't think I was addicted to food largely because you need food to live. So mm. I always knew that, you know, for a lot of people that then struggle with an alcohol addiction, they want alcohol out their life. Mm-hmm. It would be very stupid to take food out my life because <laughs> therefore who yeah. would feed the dog? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think of, I, I understand how people, um, but then the thing is as well, because I, I know someone who's horrendously overweight and keeps eating to make themselves feel better, but can't break that. And you're like, the money you're spending, yeah, but the money you're spending in which to feel as bad, um, you know, and it's just, I said that to you the other day, I was reaching for something between my legs. Mine's out the gutter. And I was in the car and I was able just to in and out. And I, I, it was when I came back up, I was like, you didn't moan once. You didn't mm-hmm. make a noise. There was no involuntary. So it's little things like that because I just nice. thought, I'm actually yeah. a bit young to be dragging a leg behind me. And mm. ooh, ooh. But, that, but those are the things that are the non-scale victories. We get a bit obsessed by the scales, but actually when you look at the success, so say one week you, you don't lose weight, you've done everything right, but the scales haven't been your friend. That's another reason why people go, oh, what's the point? Ooh, I'm not yeah. going to lose anymore. But actually realizing the little things I can now do this. I don't I don't breathe heavy when I run up the stairs or I can run up the stairs yeah. or I can do this. Those things are yeah. the huge that I mean that to be able to you know I had a member the other day that said I'm not using my inhaler anymore. That is wow. huge. Right to, to think that you needed help to breathe is huge and now you don't. Does it matter what that scale says at the end of it that's a gauge. To fact the fact that you can breathe better is huge. And the fact of the matter is you're in the situation where you can't breathe because of what you're eating yeah. or the amount you're eating, should I say. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's. Un- it's really, it's really powerful. But I, when you come, when you were talking about this, this addiction thing, it's interesting because most of us eat, and I know for myself, it's, uh, we, we talk about internal hunger, which is proper hunger. When you're hungry, you've got hunger pangs and a headache and it's four to six hours and you think, oh, I need to eat. But external hunger is where you've got that hunger that is um, emotional. So somebody's upset you and you think, oh, show them. I'll have a bun. That'll sort that out. And, you know, you kind of get into that mentality of I need something to feel better. And that then becomes a habit so that every time and it, and, it, and a lot of it for me, it goes back to childhood, you know, like, oh, have some sweets. You've fallen over. You're great. Have some sweets or have a have a lolly or whatever. Then that just carries on as being your sticky plaster. Oh, somebody's upset me. I'll eat this. I'll feel better. There's yeah. there's an interesting book, and it's to do with um, the fact that we use food as a as a plaster for th- you know in terms of so after a funeral we go and eat mm-hmm. um, a birthday is a yeah. celebration meal in order to tempt or bribe a child into doing chores. Well, if you get that, you'll get a bag of Haribo, mm-hmm. you'll get this, that, and the next thing. It's constant. Yeah. It's absolutely constant as opposed to thinking, you know, the reason we're having this is because obviously it's time that we eat. This is nutritionally balanced um, and this yeah. is good for us. Um, because food can be a very social thing. But then on the other yeah. hand, you're right, it can be a dirty secret. Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. used to being fascinated by we were, and I hate to brag, one of the, we were the first family in the street to get Sky. And <laughs> Um, that was many years ago and I remember these these people that binged and you know they were hiding food in their beds and oh yeah you were like it's, oh. it's sad and you think yeah. those feelings that you'd said about your, you know how you describe yourself I can't, I can't look at myself but that feeling of guilt that they have got you know mm. from doing that it's, it's, it's sad how food dominates everything mm. but even though we've said all this i've got a 13 year old eddie and and i can feel myself doing it oh eddie you, you bit 
have you had a tough day at school? I've got you this. And I know I'm doing it. sweet treat. Yeah, but we but we do it, you know, like, and I know, it, and even though I do this job, I still do it. And I'm really conscious of it. But his school are now, and I think this is the other thing, going back to what you were saying, Joe, about um, why is it that we still feel that it's a diet and, and people still hark back to that. Schools now. So when Eddie comes back from school, when they're doing science, he's learning about nutrition. Mm-hmm. So he was asking me, mum, in your job, do you know about this? And do you know this, this, and this? And it was, it was fascinating. And, and just oh. looking at the stuff he's learning in science, and then he does, um, you you know, when he did, he still does cooking. I still call it cooking. They don't call it that anymore. But he was like, no, it had, and I was like, why don't you cook this? This is easy. No, mum, it's got to incorporate like carbohydrate. I have to have this. Oh, and he, so they're being levels. taught. Yeah. So I think that they are being, he's more educated. So I think he is more educated to make better choices. And I'm I honest. think that that's interesting, actually, isn't it? Because schools are getting much better in that that regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And understanding what, it's basically back to cause and effect, you know, what mm-hmm. things you put in your body, what the the result will be. And it mm-hmm. is, you know, yeah. excess of sugar or salt or any mm-hmm. of these kind of things or a bad... An, an imbalance between carbohydrates and proteins that, um, but people don't learn that. They don't, people, I don't remember learning what the difference between carbohydrate and a protein when I was growing up. It was just food and some tasted nicer than others. And usually the stuff that was sweet and bad for you tasted nicer than the and stuff you, that was If you didn't eat all your you. tea, you were hungry. Yeah. But there's also, we hear this a lot from members as well. It's especially those who who had parents who or grandparents who were in the war, where there was a rush that you know the rations and everything, mm. and so eat all of that food. You can't waste food. There's been, and that's yeah. carried down generations, hasn't mm. it? We're only just learning to come out of that. You don't have to eat everything on your plate. Oh, I don't like wasting food, mm-hmm. so I feel like I've got to eat it. But then. And it's, be mindful of what you're cooking and the, the amount yes. you're putting on. So I think that's yeah. where that because it was always, yeah, I was always threatened that with my mother because my mother always thought she was a good cook, but she actually really wasn't. And then um, it was like, you eat that, you eat that, you know, oh, I don't no, want mince and chips. Did again. you have the thing? I was always, you're not getting down from the table until that's finished. I think that's the reason I don't like fish is because I was forced to finish a plate of cajerie. Yeah. Which oh. just made me feel How sick. very middle class. I think you'll find aristocratic darling <laughs> a, a, a brunch dish. <laughs> yeah. Cooked by nanny. Anyway, no. um, but it is, isn't it? But also talking about the war and the rationing, I mean, I'm not uh, that old, but, you know, that was the introduction of the pencil skirt because people were pencil thin because, you know, of yeah. food rationing and, um, yeah. But a big no impact on society, didn't it? And I think that that... that generations we're only just learning now how to how to be different and how mm. to say i you know what are you going to do you've got leftover chicken nuggets that you, your child's just have mm-hmm. had you don't want to waste them but actually it is a waste if you're eating it yourself because it's making you miserable yeah. then if you're not your best self you, you know how does that fit with your family so it's it's interesting although i always remember i don't know if it was katie price or one of liberty x and they were like oh kids leftovers so what i do is as opposed to putting them in the bin because i'll go to the bin i put washing up liquid over them and you think do you not have a dog you can oh, give them that. to what well, you know what a load of nonsense mm-hmm. just stop yeah. it yeah yeah what yeah. would you like um, on your rye vita mm, very liquid please <laughs> and a bit of balsamic glaze how many points is that <laughs> Joe can you see yourself doing anything other than this do you know what? I, I really can't. I just, before, before WW, before I got ill, I used to be a sales rep. I've done marketing. I was, it was very, very pressured kind of job with figures. And I've always been that kind of person that is, 
that likes to put myself under pressure. But this was a whole, when, I, when I'd been on, I had to give up my career. It's like, where do I start? What career am I going to do? And my husband, Simon, actually said to me, the only thing that you can do is WW, because it's the only thing you ever talk about. Right, it's Weight Watchers. It's the only thing you talk about these days since you've lost weight. And so I said, "Do you think I could apply for that job?" And he said, "I think it's absolutely brilliant." So I did, and it just—it's just taken over. And now it's like it's become so part of my life because I'm following the journey myself. I'm mm-hmm. following other people's journey. But the buzz that you get from seeing people changing their life and just that—you know—I like was saying Debbie today. She did the Great North Run on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing that she went out there and won a half marathon, and that just mm-hmm. gives me such a brilliant feeling. So I actually think that WW are going to be around. You know, like this is this is the, in the long run we're going to we're going to be here, and I think that people are changing their perceptions. So I want to be there to to see how all this plays out because I think it's I think it's brilliant. That's an interesting question that you've asked Joe. That would you ever consider becoming a Weight Watchers coach? No. <laughs> okay. Right, no. that's that answer. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I feel, I, ap- I feel apologetic that I've even asked I, you. No, I, I, no, no. And I don't think my members would like me. <laughs> I don't know. Are, do you know, this, this gets tricky. We do have members. I've got members who go, Joe, you're too nice to me. I need you to shout at me. And I'm not, I'm not shouting at you. It's not how it works. You know, like it's interesting. Different people, you know, want a different approach. But I think that, that that's what it is about being a coach, is trying to tap into that person and finding out, you know, like how... Well, it was funny because I remember being at a workshop and um, this woman who was clearly at it, right? And the the coach who was fantastic was going, oh, what do you think you've done? And I just wanted to say, she's eating everything. That's, you know, that's <laughs> it. There's a queue. We're all tired. It's really hot. You know, can you, can you, you know, just say, right, okay, that's it. Um, no, I, I just don't think I'd be particularly empathetic. I'd be like, you know what you've done. You, don't, do. you don't have to have the empathy yet to break. And I think that's why I'm so honest about my, about my journey. So if I'm not perfect. And if I, I wish I was, but I'm not. And if I have had a slip up, then I will be really honest about it. But then, you know, you share the good times you share when it's not so yeah. good. And I think people just want to see reality and just, to see, yes, I'm at my goal weight. Is it easy? Sometimes it's not. It's, it's something you have to work on all the time. And perfection is overrated, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you've been able to <laughs> remove your jacket from that that sacred peg. For goodness sake, Joe, it has been so nice speaking to you in a very different capacity. Thank you very much. Thank you very I much. Um, it is, I've got one further question. So, but in terms of your Weight Watchers journey, mm-hmm. and obviously you have Joe mm-hmm. as a personal coach, mm-hmm. that and you are rapidly getting towards your target mm-hmm. of where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Is there uh there is a, so you get to that point, and then does the personal coaching start stop, or does it just become less regular, in or what happens? Our case, no. For um, we just legal reasons, no. <laughs> Oh, not legal reasons at all. Something, yes, yes, yes. I, I know she was a shoplifter as a child. Um, I'm joking. I don't know. You could well be. I just hope if it was food stuff, she stuck within your point. Um, no, we will be. We've pretty much got the next year together. Um, yeah, which I have to say, all joking aside, I'm really looking forward to because. The thing is, as well, when it when it's someone who's been through it, yeah. and someone who understands and empathy, and obviously we get on and all that kind of thing, um, it's really nice just having the sounding board and the kind of anchoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that you are unable to do that on your own. For example, I have a load of friends who are on keto. I'm on keto. I'm on keto. I'm on keto. It's like, okay, why are you doing Domino's two for Tuesday? Because those look like bready pizzas to me. And then they're like, oh, but I'm off it. And then the thing with this, you're neither on or off. 
off. You, yeah. you're just basically paying attention mm -hmm. to what mm -hmm. you're doing. And if you've got support and we set goals and, and various yeah. other things that, yeah. So it will be interesting when we cease as regular contact, but bringing Lorraine back into the mix, she hasn't had as regular contact. She's a gold member. She's been yeah. doing everything. And I think that's the thing that you just get into a habit of. Yeah. It. And it's not yeah. hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not difficult. And it was like when I was telling you I was in London, I wasn't putting everything in the, you know, I wasn't sitting in the ivy going, um, but it was the fact that I was guesstimating stuff because you have, well, in my case, a rudimentary knowledge of how it all works. Yeah. And I'd proven by guesstimating and actually not weighing, I'd still lost weight. Mm -hmm. Could have lost yeah. a bit more if I'd laid off the Aperol. But, you know, it was hot. Yes. It was hot and it was what you needed at that time. Absolutely. It did work for you. And then, you know, we do the, I do the personal coaching, but then we've got our WW Zoom, so you can do Zoom workshop at any time and chat in with other people. And then you've got face to face work. You, got, you can work it whichever way works for you. Yeah. But at the moment, this is working for you. It's doing, we're doing, we're doing good stuff. Yeah. No, I'd say it's And he's good. looking bloody marvellous. Well, not is. in this light, but yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, the producer's getting angry. Oh, yeah. It's because this freight crates from B&M home stores and he doesn't have the receipt <laughs> to take it back. <laughs> Joe, I will speak to you on Monday, although we're not allowed to say days of the week or well, time we of the day. We can oh, say Monday. Monday. It's Monday 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I will see you on Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. Lovely no to meet worries. you, Joe. Oh, thank you. See you later. Big kiss, Joe. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Joe. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.